Hello, and welcome <laughs> to the unofficial <laughs> and unsanctioned Women's UCI Cycling Show. Oh, we did a voice all the way through. My name is Dan, and <laughs> with me as always, in a mood of whimsy and bewilderment, <laughs> is my dear friend Sarah. How are you, Sarah? <laughs> I'm having bike shop woes. You know, everyone who's ever told me, don't buy off a chain, don't buy off, don't buy off chain reaction. Yeah, support your local right. bike shop, support your local I bike shop. Have, oh, I know, my well, local no, bike shop to, be fair, to places I'm not there. Yeah, exactly. In this circumstance, it's a little hard to buy from your local bike shop when you're buying for your lovely nephew in another city. So Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes it is. Don't buy off chain reaction, people. Oh, oh. my God. Um <laughs> Look, we're doing anti-adverts. Hello, it's bicycle <laughs> time. We love bicycles. No, we do love bicycles. And we love biking. And we had probably, oh, one of my favourite races of all time, the GP Plouet this weekend. Oh, GP Plouet, how much do I love you? Um, I'm going to go with eight loves. Eight out of how many? Four. Eight out of four. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll buy that. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. I love you, GP Plouet. Eight out of four. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's the the latest instalment of the world tour. Um, the penultimate instalment of the world tour. That too, that too. And coming hot on the heels after our mega epic week last week, where we were just like covering so many, many, many races, we actually didn't manage to get all of them in. Um, there was, I think, it was Trophy Door that we we couldn't quite squeeze in there. Yes, I warn you, people. I am in an expansive mood today. We're not going to be an hour. I promise we won't be over an hour, over an hour this time. But I want to talk about what the summer races mean, and I want to talk about post Olympic problems, and I want to talk about what the hell is happening with Rabo Live, and I want to talk about the Paralympics, and I want to talk about um, Team Africa rising, and all kinds of interesting things, including including oh my god, the UCI are doing something really fantastic. I really like this initiative. I hope they do it more. And we'll be taking your calls, as always, live here in the studio. Call us now on 555555555555. And we'll uh, put you through the switch. <laughs> I wish we could do that live, actually. We should do it one day. Oh, God, you know, no. Uh, <laughs> the people we know. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a disaster. Uh, oh, so yes, yeah, so so racing. I mean, well, it's, look, I, it's, I was going to say, let's start at the top. How about we? How about we just super quickly, even though it's a little old now, run through Trophy Door and, and. Can we talk about what the summer races mean first? Um, by all means, we can. I mean, the the problem I have with that is I don't know what they mean. What do they mean? So the summer races are always pretty interesting and um, they're interesting outside of Olympic year anyway. But with the Olympics, it's it's kind of there's 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 extra levels of odd. So when um, actually, it was world... sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt. But um, before we dive deep into that, maybe we should um, define exactly what we mean by summer races, too. Well, this is what I was going to come on to. Oh, if you'd let me finish. nicely and naturally. Awesome. So, yes, yeah, so, um, yeah, basically, well, you start off with the classics. Everyone knows what the spring classic, you know, the, the spring classics. And you kind of move through move through the season. Uh, but the biggest women's race of the year, when it's not Olympic time, is the Giro Rosa, which happens in the beginning of July. And that's kind of, there's been, and there's been this big set, so you start off with the spring classics. You then move into, generally, the most important races then becomes you know, the kind of June, May, June, July stage races. Although you do have really important classics like the Philadelphia Classic, for example. Mm-hmm. And then you come to this weird season because because it's a long season and a lot of the big riders kind of stop, you know, decide to take a break at this time of year. And they do it because they've just had the Giro, which is, you know, a really big race. And yeah. they're about to come to the, the build-up for Worlds. Mm-hmm. And... In the past, and, and so in the past, in the past, in the past, when it was the Road World Cup, you'd have like the summer races where you wouldn't necessarily see the biggest name riders. And then they'd kind of, the big names would come out in the build-up to Worlds for the for Open to Sweat Vigorda, which which was the penultimate round of the Road World Cup and their TTT. And then you'd have the GP Plouet, which was the last round of the Road World Cup. And then you come into the September races, which are kind of, um, you know, the, which we've got at the moment, the Bowls Rentals Ladies Tour on right now. It's a super prestigious race. But over the summer, you have these races where they're not, 
they're interesting to me because you don't get the biggest names there. Yeah. So yeah. we talked about the Route de France. We talked about the trophy. We've talked about um, the Route de France, the ladies tour of Norway, which I love as a race. Mm. It's a really, and, and it's, it's a new race and it tends to get bigger names because teams can tie in a training camp. You know, they can tie in the tour of Norway training camp, Vigorda, and it yep. works, you know, it works, it works really nicely. But these kind of summer races that we've had, they, what do they mean? They, they're interesting because you often get the chance for riders who we don't normally see winning to win. Yeah? Yep, yep. Because the big names aren't there. Mm. And it's also a great chance for riders who are looking for new teams to kind of prove their worth. And, and I like them. I mean, they're, they're, they tend to be, um, you know, when you talk about the Route de France, for example, it's, you know, we talked about how many, 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 many riders were taken out with crashes. And I don't, you know, that's not okay to me. Um, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't like that. And that's one mm. of the sides of it is you end up with races that don't have good social media, don't have good structure, you know, your trophy doors, your route de France's, they're not, they're not like, they're not like, they're not, they're not pro man. And it's, <laughs> and it's, it's a kind of interesting, it's a kind of interesting thing. So yeah, anyway, so yes, yeah, so basically, basically August stage races are an odd thing, I feel, but when the Olympics are on, they're even odder because so many riders have just like, you know, either still been in Rio or, or been exhausted from Rio. So yeah, I'm interested. And, and and especially because you have two races on at the same time. So this week we've got the Bowls Rentals Ladies Tour, which is um, flat in Holland, except for final stage up that, which is, you know, the famous Kalberg stage. How many times can you go over the Kalberg? Love, love, love. Yep. Amstel Gold Country. And we have the Turtle Ardèche, which is in France, which is absolutely jam-packed with mixed teams. Then next week, we have the Lotto Deca Tour in Belgium, the Ladies Tour of Belgium. At the same time, the Giro Toscana, you know, ugh, let's ward yeah, them off yeah, with what, and, like, whatever know. warning off signs we do, um, because they are particularly bad. Exactly, exactly. And, I mean, that definitely plays to the the exactly what you're saying about the, the kind of I don't know, just varied mix of things. I mean, you always get this to some extent across the breadth of of women's racing, but, you know, all sorts of stuff. Like, yeah, Toscana's got this really nasty history and, you know, a lot of teams don't go anymore and stuff like that. And then, you know, you look at... A race... I mean, when we say nasty history, they, they, they really were completely lethal. And after a couple of years of, of teams protesting, like, we're not going to, you know, we're going to only soft pedal this last stage. A couple of years ago, the riders actually refused to race, refused yeah. to finish the race most teams because it was so, so lethal. Yeah, just totally and, yeah. dangerous. Yeah, and so in addition to, you know, the, the deeply problematic nature of... of Toscana we also then have other races like um you know as you mentioned the the Bowls Rental Ladies Tour which is a a great race but then still has issues with things like uh well for example um the stage maps at the moment are a desktop screenshot of a word document picture of a pdf (laughs) that's awesome so you know like like summer races are, are special races, always. I mean, I, I I love, I do love that ride different riders get the chance to race. And I've said this before that I don't have a problem with big races clashing with each other, and especially when it's like the Bowls Rentals Ladies Tour is, um, <laughs> is, uh, is it? Sorry, I just sat on a piece of tape, so if you know <laughs> it's, it's ripping off me, that's what it was. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the Bowls Rentals Ladies Tour is um, is the flat one, yes, and probably the better one, the Turtle Ladash. And this is what I want to say about the about the um, about the UCI doing something really, really interesting, like really, really interesting and really, really good. Um, so the Bowls Rentals Ladies Tour has got your Canyon Shram, it's got Wiggle High Five, it's got Rabo Live, Bowl, you know, Bowls Rentals, Bowls Dolmans, and it kind of is the better race. And in previous years, and hopefully this year too, I cross my fingers at you, which I don't think you'll be able to see. Um, hopefully this year too, the final stage gets shown on Dutch TV station L1. Um, they don't put their schedules up more than two days in advance, so you can't tell. <laughs> um, 
They've got Oraka, they've got High Tech, they've got Lift Planter, they've got Lotus Sudal, they've got all the big teams, but they've also got like smaller teams like Jan van Arkel and the Restore Cycling Team, Swabo Ladies, and a Norwegian national team with Susanna Anderson in it. So that's awesome. That's that's great. And then the Turtle Ardèche is the hilly one, and Ardèche and Toscana because they're smaller, they they accept mixed teams. And I don't know what I think about mixed teams because on the one hand, yay, it's great um, t- riders whose team aren't racing get to ride it. But on the other hand, it's kind of a bit annoying to me that we have such things as mixed yeah. teams in the world. I probably see um, that slightly differently to you in the sense that in addition to yay, it's great that riders who might not be going otherwise are going. Um, it's also kind of quite often um, an important thing for riders from like Australia, New Zealand, the US or whatever to get a chance at um, a bit of Euro racing if they're not already, you know, living and racing in Europe regularly. A mixed team can be a great entry point for them. Yeah, but that's what a national team is supposed to be. Yeah, yes. You yes, know, it is. Like, like, but like, like that's, it's, that's... it's not necessarily what it is. <laughs> no, and so and so when you look down the list of the... of So when you look down the list of the Turtle Ardèche, it's definitely the B race out of these two races. I mean, the teams it has that are, that are big, they've got another Norwegian national team. Isn't it cool that Norway's cycling's got so big that they can have two Norwegian national teams? They have a Ukrainian national team, Polish national team, Spanish national team, B-Pink, Impa Bianchi, Poitou Charentes, um, Astana, and then you've got some American team visit, visit Dallas. Uh, you've got... Actually, there seems to be two Poitou Chalent teams, which is interesting. Uh, Sveto Futon, Top Girls, those kind of teams, yeah? As well as the mixed teams, um, some small... Lots and lots of small teams of, of, of um, British and, and other countries. But the best team they have, and starting with number one, is the Centre Mondial de Ciclisme Aigler UCI cycling team. Wow. Um... And what this is, is it's riders who have been um, training at the UCI's National Cycling Se- uh, International Cycling Centre in Aigla, actually getting to race as a team from teams that couldn't possibly field. Um, now, it's interesting because one of those riders is Mexican and there is a Mexican team. Right. But the, ty- but the te- riders who are there are Na and Rome from South Korea, Elena Sierra Cañadilla from Cuba. Um, I'm going to say her name terribly. I'm so sorry. Enk en- Jogal Tuvshin Jogal, sorry, from Mongolia. Um, Nguyen, um, Taipat Nguyen from Vietnam and Yumi Kajahara from Japan. And that is fucking incredible. I am so, so happy with this, with this, with this UCI team, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just, these, these are, these are, these are all places, apart from Mexico, where there is a Mexican team in the race. But apart from them, these are places which, which would really struggle to send a, to send a, a full team there. Yeah. And Alena yeah. Sierra Canadilla, we saw doing really, really well in the Tour de Bretagne, the de- a development race. And I just, I love it. 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 This is international development of cycling. And I'm so happy about it. So, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's one of those things where like, yeah, fuck yeah. I wish this happened more often, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I guess you could call that a mixed team, but it's also like, it's also not quite one because it's, it's, you know, this is, this is like a specific UCI Agler, t- Agler squad. I've never seen this done before in since I've been watching women's cycling. So I just hope that this is something that we can see again. And I don't think it should happen in the big in the big races. You know, I definitely don't think it should happen in the World Tour races. But this is kind of the sort of thing where actually for summer racing team, this is this is a summer racing season. This is a really good thing to see. Yeah. Well, and I mean, this ties into, I think, that whole narrative that, that you know, has been around for years about one of the things that needs to happen is that um, the UCI needs to build these tiers of racing out more formally so that there is room for for these kind of teams to have these opportunities whilst protecting the integrity and quality of the top tier you know world tour races yeah 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 and and i love it i love it and i love that it's a mix of so canyadia um alena sierra canyadia we've seen around you know we've seen around a lot some of these riders we've seen in big races in big races before but I like the fact that they're doing it. The other thing I think is interesting is it's good that they're in the kind of second tier races because I think feel like if a DS for the Agler team went and was like, hang on, what the fuck? This was so dangerous and I hated it. Maybe Agler, maybe the UCI would take that more seriously than they do when a, you know, when a pro team like Rabobank says it. 
Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, who knows? Uh, I couldn't begin to guess at what the fuck those guys will actually pay attention to. Yeah, so anyway, I've um, never seen it before. Really like it. I kind of hope that there's a chance for this to happen again um, in the future. Um, yeah, I mean, in general, I feel like, you know, in, in general, I feel like mixed teams, I'm sorry. I know people love them, but I just, and I just, you know, I'm glad they don't happen in point one races. But yeah, it's uh, there. Um, but I mean, it's good. They are a really good chance for riders, on the other hand, to, to kind of, you know, come together and set up their own squads and, and you know kind of show look i really want my career like like a rider who who organizes a mixed team with a bunch of her mates or a bunch of people she she knows off the internet for example i think that shows i really want to be i really want to be mm. i really want my career to progress you know this is this is something i want yeah um yeah and i'm going to make it happen so yeah so it's it's yeah it's interesting so yeah, um, do you want to talk? Do you want to just bang through trophy door? Let's not bang through the whole thing because I think it was it's quite a long race. All right. Well, what's the what's the highlights? Give us the give us the two minute highlights of trophy door then. The highlight is at least Delzen won it. Okay, I I did literally mean two minute highlights though. Like, I think you just damned the race recap. I did down the race recap, but you yeah. know, I, I like I like I like downing you sometimes. <laughs> You know, I feel like you shouldn't get the you shouldn't get the only um, the only the only opportunity. So (laughs) (laughs) five stages. The first one was an ITT, and it was won by Elise Delzen um, with an all French podium. Um, Marta Bastianelli won stage two, which was a sprinty stage um, in in a big bunch sprint. Um, Alison didn't touch the stage three. Sorry. uh, with a with with the national team of Japan in it actually because Miho Yoshiwara was second which you know again this is this is this is why I like summer stage races and Monique van der van der Rey in third um, so yeah so Miho Miho Yoshikara of Japan of national team Japan there um, stage three was won by Canadian Alison Jackson in a great big bunch with Delzen second and Bastianelli third. Yep. Um, stage four was another bunch sprint with Bastinelli, Van der Rey, and Pascal Juland just for a little bit of a little bit of um, additional. Uh, just a little, little variety. Then, Not too much. And then the final stage, final stage was a climbing stage won by Claudia Hauschler in a um, in a three woman, well four woman group with Deva Tusleiter um, from Impersota in Impersotoli in second and Mi- Minami Yuano uh, from Japan in third and another Japanese rider and Eri Yonanami from Futuroscope who was riding for Futuroscope was two seconds behind them mm. and Alison Jackson being up a big group of seven seconds behind which also included uh, Lise Delzen so she won and that was Trophy Door that was Trophy Door I mean yeah it's not I mean it's not it's not the races are going to set on fire but you know what we have for the races to set on fire daniel you know what we have daniel you know what we've got daniel i'm guessing I'm video so excited. Uh, video or fire one of those Play. <laughs> right right well we definitely have video for play absolutely anyway it was live it was i love play when i first saw it it was like you know they, they showed like the last half an hour of the race 20 minutes of the race and then it's 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 a really useful race to have live because most of it is in this gorgeous unspoiled untouched countryside that's in a complete mobile zone <laughs> mobile phone dead zone yes Indeed. Let's go up the so, um, let's go up the river through some forests and over some hills and then back down along the river valley with no mobile phone signal at all. Which I mean, to be fair, is incredibly picturesque and you know it makes for for great visuals on the video. It does make um, traditional race coverage um, a little little complicated, but you know. <laughs> I like the fact that you were calling traditional race coverage Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> This is women cycling, god damn it, this is tradition. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Twitter, that, that that age-old tradition. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I love it. Um so Plue is beautiful and hard and tough and and it has the coat the coat de Timolek, which is their biggest climb, which is like one of these it's it's a beautiful 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 race except for the fact that Cote de Timorec basically looks like a dual carriageway <laughs> 
Wow. No, it's not a dual carriageway. It just looks ugly. Um, but the rest of it is stunning. And it's one of those climbs where you're going, I don't know why they're suffering so much. It looks easy as shit from here because you're looking at, <laughs> on the motorbike. And then the camera changes its angle and you can see down behind them. It's, it's this long, <laughs> grinding hill. Yeah. And yeah. it's gorgeous. Like, it's, it's, it's one of those hills that you wouldn't pick it as your wow yeah this is the murder free i can see why they're all suffering so hard but it's so difficult and the race is gorgeous so they start off with um, four laps of 26.9 kilometers and then one lap of, th- of about 14 kilometers um and yeah it's 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 lovely <laughs> so um what how far well how far into the final lap was um are we, are we skipping to the final lap or are, you, are we doing a big build-up oh. Well, the TV kind of came in on the second or third lap. I can't remember which. And it's one of those things where it looks really boring because they kind of come in with a with a big group. And then you realize the big group is like half the peloton size. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they're saying the peloton, but most people have been shed, but lots of people have been shed already. And you just don't know what happens in the first part. Um, Spella Kern from BTC City Ljubljana um, had attacked solo and had got some distance but it just kind of just started kicking off beautifully um lots of attacks lots of attacks mm. lots of attacks um everyone wearing different colored jerseys just to fuck with our minds um <laughs> who's that bright blue she knows okay well that's in the bright blue jerseys kashik katajian near doma and she's wearing bright blue because she's the best young rider of the world tour and in that white jersey is megan guarnier <laughs> Yes, yes. And that's where I fell back on the traditional uh, following of helmets. So Yes, Megan Guarnier does wear a rather spectacular um, uh, uh, USA Stars and Stripes helmet. And you ended up with these big groups that would just have like, oh, look, I think I count five Bowles Dolmans in there and five Rabo Lives. Rabo Live doing their typical thing of attack, 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 which they do all the way through. Lots of attachment from Lucinda Brand. They come into the final lap with um they kind of they, they think 15. they have about 15 15 riders left and of those 15 riders soon becomes clear that while she's done lots of work for her teammates which is not something we often see her do lizzie armitstead last year's winner dropped back from that group and only one bowls dolman's rider in it um megan guarnier does this mean that bowls's stranglehold on the world tour might possibly be broken dun, 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 dun. <laughs> in this it's second last race <laughs> I mean no because Megan Guarnier had already won the like world tour before the Gordon even started so you know she, I think she'd won it with like four races to go I think you know the only way yeah the only way that she could have been even vaguely come anyone could come close to her would be some of her big rivals winning the Gordon which they didn't it doesn't help that her biggest rival is her teammate Lizzie Armitstead well, you know, um, rival slash biggest helper, biggest fan, you know. Yeah. All, all well, work. not in this race. Megan by herself. I don't think we've had a World Tour race where we've had just one. I mean, we've only, we, you kind of, we, we've been used to having just one Bowles rider because she's out solo, soloing to victory. There's <laughs> certainly been a lot of it. But yeah, that wasn't uh, that wasn't the way it was working out this time. Um, but I mean, that group of fifteen still had a lot of. I mean, okay, so only one bowls, but there were a lot of other you know notable riders in there. Cash and you had Mariana Voss, Mariana Voss, uh, Lisa Longo Borghini, Lena Amelie Lusik. You know, there's a, a good good chunk of um, of people to pay attention to. Tons, tons, and tons, and tons, and tons of women to pay attention to. I think. So yeah, so it was. It's, it's just it's just fascinating but they kind of you sit there and you watch who's attacking those either tacks that aren't going and, and are coming back together and and wow just fun times attacking and then you have solo rider i will never get over the coat the team wreck with the rest of these riders so i better fucking attack now stand up leah kirkman <laughs> who, who decided to go canadian riding for live planter and and yeah in the classic style as uh as we, actually, we should get that added to our um, our t-shirt gallery. 
uh, when in doubt, attack. <laughs> this is well, and 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 Kirkman had been having go, and her teammate Roseanne Slick had been attacking early and had been out in breaks, and yeah, it was just it was a really fun group, really fun group with Mariana Voss and Cassian Cassian Duodoma um, in Rabo Live. Lucinda Brand had had attacked so many times she'd kind of fallen out of the group. Um, riders from Cervelo Bigler with Joel Newmanville, and that's it, I think. Um, no, Lotta Lapisto is no Lotta Lapisto is in the other group. Uh, Lenswold Zanata, two from Lift Plan Tour, three two Orica Green Edges um, at this point, which was Spratty and Cat Garfoot. Yep. Uh, Elisa Longo Borghini as the only Wiggle High Five rider. Uh, Elena Amilusic and Elena Cicchini, both from Canyon Shram. Um, yeah, uh, Common Small from Silence, Eugene uh, Bujak from BTCC, BTC City Ljubljana, Alice Maria Azufi from Lens World Sonata, and yeah, and that, that, oh no, she was sorry, but she she in that group, but she dropped back. So really interesting set of group because when you have your Mariana Vossers up there, of course, all anyone can do is look at Cash and Yodoma and Mariana Voss together. Yeah, yeah, and so there's. There's there's uh, there's poor Leah Kirchman killing herself out out solo. Everyone else is going fuck it. We're going to grab her and, and slaughter her on the coat to Team Arek. They're getting closer and closer. She just does not give up. She doesn't stop. You know, like fuck it. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. But she gets caught on coat to Team Arek. And at the end of coat to Team Arek, there's a group of seven riders left: Longo Borghini, Amia Lusik, Neodoma, Garfoot, Guanye, and New Mainville. Joel Newmainville. You know, wow, that is one hell of a group. It is an amazing group. And what was really interesting to me was how that group sort of formed because it wasn't like it wasn't like a big attacky move. It just kind of they just kind of rode off the front, you know, like steadily. Like it was just a, a gap opened up and they just kept going. And um and it was just really interesting. And then for me, I, I honestly thought for quite a while um that they were going to to get enough of a, a gap that they would hold it and stay away that we were looking at the final the final mix. I, I was I was sure because the thing is is the last that to me it's only a couple of kilometers from the finish line. Yeah, yeah. And you're sitting there going, Holy shit, Joel Newmainville is a fantastic sprinter. Like a fantastic mm. sprinter. Mm. And then you're thinking, well, Megan Guarnier is a fucking good sprinter too. Um, but the others aren't really known for their sprint abilities and thinking, damn it, is this going to be Savalo Bigler's win of a of a world tour? Yeah. Of a, I mean I know that Lotte Pisto won a stage at the um Aviva Women's Tour. But you know, was this going to be her biggest win her biggest win yet? And I thought they'd got it. But somehow they didn't. Yeah, yeah, I, it was it was amazing to me watching. As you say, I think they were about three and a half kilometers to go when they sort of, you know, really had um, cemented the the gap and and then were growing it from there. And at around the two k to go mark, they were still well clear and and looking like they were going to ride into the finish. And then they got down to about I, I want to say it was under two k to go, around about one and a half, let's say. Um, and all of a sudden, they started looking around at each other. And yeah, and that's, yeah, and that's, that's lethal because behind them they've got like your likes of um, you've got like teammates being pulled back as well, which was really fascinating because you've got Neodoma's teammate is Marina Voss, mm. um, Ami Ami Lusik's teammate is Elena Shakini. You know you've got um, well Roseanne Slick there for oh sorry you got you got your um, you know you've got that that was just that was just a really interesting thing, but they were caught by so that was seven so they were caught by about five or six riders. Yeah. And they're coming in together. They're still looking at each other when they go to the finish. And the finish line is this uphill drag, isn't it? It's not a climb. It's just one of those uphill sprints. Is yeah. that a, a fair way to say yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's a minor but notable gradient. Like you can see it, and um, and it slows the sprint down both in terms of the explosiveness of it, but also um, how late it kicks off. And yeah, yeah. And I was, and, and riders had to have to go. Like, all, I mean, bear in mind that all of these riders have been out solo, have been out in breaks at some stage during this race. It's a very, very, very tiring race. And of course, everyone's looking at the top sprinters. The top sprinters in that group are going to be Voss and um, Voss and uh, uh, um, I've forgotten her name, Newmainville. Yes. And sure. and it's just really just. Talk us through that finish because that finish was fascinating. Yeah, we're, well, look, we're here it, at the end in the uphill finish line. 
Yeah, it was it was really really interesting to me because uh, you know the group sort of uh, came back together just outside the one K mark and then you know rode through. Um, I reckon it was probably the next 600 metres before they'd sort of started to organise themselves. Now, LA Cipollini had been drilling it on the front on the chase. They basically were the ones that, that brought it back. And so they were gunning hard to position themselves for the sprint and get ready. But they but they only had, they, but they, the two riders, Ali Cipollini and Mosia Sprinting, but their two riders are Amalgazatsa Jasinska and Ana Santesteban Gonzalez, who are climbers rather than the sprinters. Yeah, and so you know it was a huge task on their part, but you know they were they were clearly gunning for it. Um, the other riders were, you know, there were several riders who were on their own. Uh, Megan Guarnier, Elisa Longo-Borghini. So they're, you know, making choices about who they're following, where they're setting up and, and getting ready for it. And at around about that 400 metre to go mark, the the sprint starts to wind up, and um, I actually had to watch it. Uh, two or three times back before I really sort of had my head around any any kind of understanding of, of what happened. And two things that stood out to me were, one, um, Eugenia Bujak got a great jump from where she was. She got out in front pretty quickly and she held that reasonably comfortably um, to cross the line first for the win. The one that I was really interested by was Eleanor Cicchini, uh, riding for Canyon SRAM because she started out quite a way back and started um, back behind Voss and then realised that Voss wasn't going to compete at the pointy end of the sprint for whatever reason. And so she had to get out left pretty quickly and come round. And so it was interesting to me because she came second, but she had to make up a lot of ground. And it was one of those classic things that if she had, you know, positioned herself slightly differently at the start of the sprint or if she had um you know had a slightly more clear path to the the front of the pack or or whatever any number of reasons you know if she'd had an extra 30 meters you know um it it could have been a much closer finish than it actually ended up being yeah yeah i mean it was i mean it was still a photo finish for who won because Chikini powered through all those other all those other riders mm. and with Bujak, Chikini and Numainville all crossing the line more or less at the same time it was a little while before we worked out what had happened but basically all the other big riders have been looking at each other and Bujak who's probably the absolute outsider in that group had attacked and it took people a little moment to go oh shit and try and chase her down because, as you say, everyone else was looking. Everyone else was wondering what Voss would do. Yep. I don't. I'd love to find out Voss's view on that race because Voss crossed the line. There's this amazing finish line picture with the with the sprinters just for the line, completely charging for the line, and Voss in the background with one arm in the air, like fuck. That's 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 really really interesting. And um, Byron, confused spider on Twitter, said that he thought that that Neodoma wasn't racing for Voss and that he thought that um that Voss that Voss had she had a lead out would have won that but there was no one but you know but Voss and Uadoma at that point were racing against each other which I have got no idea yeah no idea it's I I was actually going to ask you about that because I I wondered my my scenario for that or my you know my my theory for that was perhaps that Voss was actually doing classic Voss mind games and being a distraction to clear the way for New Adoma. Well, I, I've no idea. Yes, yes. I mean, it could be, but but then she crossed the line really pissed off. Yeah, yeah. So, which you know is but I couldn't see. I couldn't see her being held up anywhere. I couldn't see you know like like I couldn't see anything that that. I mean, she was a bit boxed in, but, but she just didn't. But I mean, the th- yeah. But I mean, she's vast. Like she's magicked her way through much harder things than than the situation she was in in that sprint. I guess she was just tired. I yeah. guess she was just tired. I mean, it's it's a it's a really exhausting race, and it's an uphill draggy finish. I think it just, and it's the end of the season, and mm. she's just rid, come off the you know come off the Olympics. And yeah, it was fascinating. I mean, amazing by Eugenia Bujak and amazing for BTC City Ljubljana. They, they're they a very small development team. They were set up to help um, Slovenian cyclists and Eastern European cyclists develop. And we've seen them because they attack all throughout races. You know, they attack early, they attack often, they um, they attack as much as, 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 you know, as much as they can. And it hasn't paid off. And someone was saying on Twitter, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't be surprised at Bujak because, you know, she's she won a couple of stages of the Route de France. You know, she's she's obviously in really good form. 
But the Rue de France is nothing like the GP Plouet. Yeah. It's like, it's, it isn't, it isn't, it just isn't. You can't say, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't be surprised that she's won Plouet because she won some stage at the Rue de France, because that's not how these summer races work. No, no, no. So, 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 yeah, so first Eugenia Bujak, second Eleanor Cicchini, third Joelle Newmanville, um, fourth Neodoma, fifth Guarnier, um, sixth Kirchman, seventh Small, eight Goff, ninth Longo Borghini, tenth Ami Lusik, twelfth Mariana Voss. Mm. Like, wow. Yeah. So, wow. Fantastic race to watch. Um, yes, uh, a new team, another team to. I mean, it's quite interesting that you've got teams like Orica that haven't won a World Cup, but BTC City Ljubljana, sorry, World Tour, but BBC, BTC City Ljubljana have. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, like like you you point that out, and I'm like, it's not that inconsistent with the history of the team. It's <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'll take. I, I, I that. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, gorgeous race, amazing. A France France three France trois. Um, <laughs> so a really 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 good job. And the the Plouet is part of a four day bicycling festival. So um, France. France Trois are there to kind of cover it all and so they have amazing graphics you know tons of graphics telling you how far they are lots of intercut in like times where it's looking a little bit less exciting where they'll have uh you know they'll, they'll cut to talking heads from riders french riders films before the race starts talking about what the course is like oh at this point this is what you're thinking at this point this is what you're thinking you know this is what the climb is like you know that kind of thing yeah. which i love 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 you know and um, of course split screen you know i know you have feelings about split screen <laughs> daniel so yeah so yeah that's that's almost the end of the almost the end of the world tour um just one more race the uh the madrid challenge but you know we're not going to see the like rabo have said they're not sending a team to it at all which i know some people were pissed off about but i'm kind of happier with people not sending a team than people who send like a team of four you know yeah or i mean it's just i don't know i mean look let me put it this way this is not the race i'm gonna get fucking upset about you know people not taking seriously like it's yeah not... i mean the Madrid, yeah it's it is i mean even it, it's like the course or ride london but without and, and much as i adore madrid and think it's a beautiful city it, it's not as it's not as it's not got the kind of iconic it doesn't have the icon- rich history and and as you say iconic imagery of of you know the champs Elysees or whatever you know and it's it's Look, I—I I mean, I've been pretty clear and honest about my feelings about La Course itself. You know, like imagine my my you know enthusiasm for a bullshit race in Madrid. Yeah, I mean, we've got a weird we've got a weird end of season, and it's and it's partly weird because of the Olympics. And it's partly weird because of the um, because of because because of the weird world. So we're kind of in a strange. This is going to be a strange end of season for us because, on the one hand, you have the Olympic year, which has kind of messed things up for us in that, like riders, you know, some riders. We, we saw, like for example, every, every Bowles Rentals Plouet. Sorry, Plouet was was Evelyn Stevens's final race with Bowles Dolmans, which I'm slightly surprised by because I did think that she'd be racing worlds with them for the TTT. But, you know, Evie Stevens has retired. Yep. Um, Worlds is in Qatar, which is not a very Evelyn Stevens-style race thing. Evie Stevens-style race, is it, um, not Qatar? Really, no. We've got a weirdness coming up. So we've got this very full week this week, very full week next week, um, ending with Madrid Challenge and Krona Champenois, which is a standalone ITT, and the end of uh, Giro Toscana all on the same day. Then we were supposed to have the European... The European Games races. Now, I have never heard of the European Games. I think they must be the um, they're the regional, the, they're the regional champ, the regional. There's usually it's the uh, European uh, Continental Championships. Right. So is it just but they were, or? Well, they were going to be held in Nice and Monaco. But because of the terrorist attack, uh, terrorist yeah, yeah. attack really counts as a terrorist attack. But because of the, the attack, you know, the, 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 the Nice attack, Nice yeah. have said, no, you can't have it there anymore. So that's, I think they've moved up further into France. Um, 
uh, I think maybe in, maybe 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 in Brittany. I'm not sure. No, they're in that place with with more more Morbihan and where they have all those races. But that's kind of it's weird because we haven't had a continental champs this se- this season, which meant that we didn't have the opportunity for. Um, well, normally the thing about the Conti champs is that they're for uh, under 23s and juniors only. Yep. This time they've added an elite race, but they've added an elite race at the expense of the women. So there's a women's elite race that also has the under-23 champs at the same time, which I don't like. I think it's really shitty. I like the under-23 champs because I like a chance opportunity for for riders to show themselves off. But the other thing I don't like about it is... When they held it, hold it in June, it means your under-23 stars get the chance to then, you know, sign for big teams in the future. And generally you get um, the winner gets a, uh, an extra place at Worlds, um, an extra free place at Worlds. Right. And it has mean, meaningful things. But uh, this year it's not meaningful. Well, except for the fact that Worlds is so weird. It's like, what the fuck? This is so bizarre because Worlds is in a kind of completely strange position, which is uh, which is in October, mm. um, in Qatar. Yes, and you know, I mean, in in some ways, I'm kind of like, look, I guess it's good that we're getting all the really weird shit going on in the same year. Um, you know, Olympics and and weird worlds and and all of this sort of stuff. You know, I mean, at least it's all bundled up at once, and hopefully everything resets comfortably next year but you know then we've got the classic thing of you know we were fortunate in 2013 we didn't really suffer a a massive post-olympic slump but you know who knows what 2017 is going to bring us you know i think we can kind of guess what 2017 is going to bring us um well okay yeah we yeah i mean we've got i mean i i think we have to talk about rabobank at this stage because so i mean traditionally the year after olympics has been crappy i mean when i say traditionally i mean like apart from you know 2000 and 2009 um 2005 we lose we've traditionally lost a lot of races in those in those years and that's partly because we've had races that only happen in olympic in olympic qualification periods that you know that so so when you go from having so you have i don't know 35 races and then you take that down to 33 because you've lost two that will pop up you know pop-up races do you know yeah, what i mean yeah yeah so 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 it's always a bit of a slump but we have a slump of teams because uh teams sponsorship runs until the olympics and one of the big teams who's lost their sponsorship is rabo live um, this was always going to happen. Rabobank always signed up only for the Olympics. Yep. But we've already seen during the Olympics where we had the announcement that um, Van der Breggen's gone to Balls, um, Lucinda Brand was going to live Plantour. This year, we've been having rumours and rumours and rumours about where's Pauline Fran Prevost going to go. She's been linked with Kenyon Schram. She's been linked with Wiggle High Five. There's been um, conversations about is Neodoma looking for other teams. Um and then we heard this this week that Roxanne Knetemann has gone to Poitou Chauvin Futuroscope and Salita DeLong's gone to Lara's Wow Deals, which both are weird, weird signings and yeah. bode badly for the team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it It's looking like Rabo's going to be much more um, pared back than even I thought it would be. You know, like it's... It, it, I think you said a couple of weeks ago that it's starting to look like it's going to be Mariana and juniors. Yeah, we're well, not juniors. I mean, it, it's. I mean, it's not a bad team because the riders we haven't heard about: Shari Gillo, Yara Castelline, uh, Jean Coravar, Anuska Costa, um, Monique Teneglo, and then you know the question marks over Newadoma and Fran Prevost. But it's just, it's really sad and. What I've heard is that they're going to carry on next year with some very, you know, with some very small sponsors looking to go big in 2018. And it could be that maybe that's a, not a bad thing. But, yeah. you know, with Voss, you know, there's still a question mark over how well, how good Voss can be. And there's not many, we haven't heard about riders signing to them and we don't know who could sign to them because most riders are, you know, contracts. I don't know. There's a lot of riders who are in kind yeah. of tied up contracts at the same time. It's It's just... But there's, yeah, a, there's I... a lot up in the air about it at the moment. And I think, you know, it's not helped for Rabo or for the rest of us, I guess, that, you know, we, we're yet to get to the full swing of transfer season as well. Yes, so, 
Yes, and, and and much as I absolutely adore transfer gossip, I was a little bit grumpy with it starting during the Olympics yeah. because that's you know that's that kind of is always going to take your mind off um, what's what's actually happening in in in, tra- in transfers and things. Yeah, so it can yeah, be, it can I, be quite distracting um, to have that sort of thing going on, you know, while you're trying to focus on something else. It's you know, not just for the athletes, but, you know, I mean, it changes the nature of how we watch the Olympics as well. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there is good news about a team next year because we've heard about Team Africa rising. Um, An African-based women's cycling team, UCI team, that's specifically about riders from Africa and specifically um, black women from Africa Mm. getting to ride, getting to getting to race bikes. And I'm really excited by it. I am. Honestly, it's hard to express how excited I am about it. it. It's going to be amazing. And I'm just I can't wait for it. Yeah, it's set up by the people who run. Um, uh, you know, you'll, you'll remember if you've been around cycling, you'll know about the um, Team Rwanda, which was, mm. you know, which was which was set up, and then that's kind of expanded to Team Africa. It's to, to, to Team Africa Rising, um, and they especially had John Dark, Jurambutu, uh, and this, and they specifically said that one of the things that, that you know they looked at the Olympics and looked at how few riders there were from Africa in the first place, but that there were no riders of color. Well, they said they said there were no riders of color. I, I, I have, mm, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Anyway, I guess that's your definitions, and I, and American definitions are different to. Um, british definitions anyway so um it wasn't necessarily that it wasn't all white do you know what i mean but it oh, wasn't right, but, it, but it. there weren't but there weren't any black riders in it yeah. so yeah so yeah so that's exciting that's going to be a really interesting thing to see and you know and again globalization you know i think that if we can have more initiatives like this and initiatives like you know joining like like with with like the UCI's, uh, the UC, like the UCI's Abler team. I feel like, yeah, we're in a, we're in a good place. We're in a good place, man. I hope so. We're in a good I, place. I certainly Hopefully. hope. Hopefully, so. I mean, yeah, this is swings around about, isn't it? Because on one side, I'm worried about Rabobank, and on the other side, I'm excited about Team Africa Rising. You know, we've got a lot of riders who are coming to the end. You know, we, Evie Stevens, uh, Emma Johansson, sort of. You know, Georgia Bronzini, um, riders like that who are who are definitely retiring yep. post Olympics. So it's, yeah, 2017, I guess we just have to cross our fingers, cross well, our fingers and hope. Yeah, it's going to be a big year of change, you know, that's the thing. We'll, we'll lose some things, we'll gain some things, we'll see a little bit more than, than we did previously, and we'll, we'll all learn and grow together, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. More racing. Well, I mean, more racing to come. I mean, absolutely. You know, as we said, really big week this week, really big ne- week next week. We've got the final... Um, we've got the final round of the Mountain Bike World Cup this weekend, which we can, of course, watch live on Red Bull TV um, in Andorra, which is amazing. And, of course, we've got the Paralympics. Mm. And we can't see as much of the Paralympics as we wanted to because of the one of the things, you know, we've, we've all heard about the fucking devastating, oh, look, we've got no money, Paralympics. Yeah. Um, but the Paralympic cycling starts the road, the, the um, track cycling starts on the 8th of September on the first day, four days of track cycling then, and then four days of road cycling from the 14th of, from the 14th of September. Amazing athletes who are just stunning and who we should all get behind and cheer, cheer, cheer. We can't watch as much as this if we want to, um, Hand cyclist Karen Dark has done a is doing a crowdfunder to make a film about about her experience at the Paralympics, partly because her hand cycling races won't be show won't won't be filmed at all, yeah. which is just gutting, like beyond gutting. But I hopefully we'll get to see some of it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this this is the well, much like women's cycling itself. You know, the the very unfortunate reality is that the you know the standard broadcast that we'd expect for other events isn't going to be available but there will be a a wealth of athlete and and supporters and and um you know team staff created media as well 
um, to yeah, keep yeah, it, yeah. keep an eye out for. And so, you know, it, it's it's worth paying attention to and tracking down because you will get, you know, as much good video as can be provided, um, as much behind-the-scenes stuff from from riders. And, and particularly with the Paralympians, they're, they're, like Sarah says, incredible athletes, but they're also incredibly generous people who love and support each other you know when they're not competing they'll they'll stay in the velodrome and watch the other races and they'll they'll record things and and put them on twitter and stuff themselves to to yeah. try and give as much coverage to their sport as they can and you know it's it's well worth your time and attention yes yes and i'll put something on the blog pro um to say how to watch them how to watch them and i'm also i'll make a list i'm, I'm curating a list of, of of cyclists who are there so that you can follow their adventures on and off the bike on twitter as well because they're they're, they're you know there's some there's some like people who are just putting out great great stories and yeah and and uh, ella cycling tips profiled american cyclist meg fisher last week for example in a really nice piece where she talks about you know when she was in a car accident that that um ended up with one of her legs being amputated and being told yeah you won't be as good as you were before and her going no i'm gonna be better Mm. so yeah lovely um all the videos to things that we've seen uh, lots of videos from play on our blog pro women's um i particularly like the links to the canyon shram piece about Plouet where you have Eleanor Cicchini talking about yeah you know I really like this race but anyone who has good legs in it likes this race it's different otherwise and also talking about her fail safe tactic of, of following Voss and how it went horribly wrong <laughs> <laughs> well you I mean, know, seriously Eleanor that's normally that's normally a that's normally a good sign so yeah it's it's um fun times yeah exactly like usually that's a that's a rock solid bulletproof plan um but you know it can't work every time i guess no 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 i've always had a real soft spot for ellen Shakini. i particularly loved a couple of years ago um i'm I, I i interviewed her and she said that uh that, that she that she learned to get into breaks by following lucinda brand yeah. <laughs> if Again. lucinda brand went in the break that's why she wanted to be too exactly it's a worth, it's a worthwhile tactic it's a it's a it's a good way to make it work um so yeah that's um that's us in a nutshell yes um come back next week we'll talk about all the racing we've seen this week if 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 i find that um the ladies tour the holland ladies tour is going to be streamed i will put it on our site asap so you can see that um any questions you have you can contact me at underscore pigeons underscore on twitter you can contact dan at dan w official and you can go to our site prowomencycling.com you can also go to patreon.com slash women's cycling and uh, for a small uh, donation, you can help uh, contribute to the amazing work that Sarah does, uh, keeping track of all of these aspects of women's cycling and more. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. And um, yeah, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.